In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. What does our Lord's encounter with the Pharisees in Luke chapter 14 give us to consider regarding relations with a world that is hostile to Jesus Christ? Consider, first of all, that we should beware the hypocritical love from those who are outside of Jesus. The Pharisees invited our Lord to eat bread with them, yet they also watched him closely. They were looking for something to accuse him of so that they could get rid of him. Kind of like you are looking at me right now closely, except you're not trying to find if I'm going to mess up the sermon, but you're listening and watching closely to hear what comes out of my mouth. Jesus perceived their shenanigans and showed true prudence, not just here, but in all of his words and works and all of his dealings with Pharisees and scribes. It's as if the Pharisees and the experts in the law had everything planned out perfectly. So we're going to be eating bread. You can almost hear the conversation beforehand. And then we're going to be like halfway through the second course and you're going to bring the guy in. The guy who has dropsy. My mom always said, I I think I'm going to have dropsy, and that meant she was ready to take a nap. That's not what's being talked about here. Dropsy is an edema, a swelling of the body. You've probably seen people with an edema. They get so taut, their skin does, that it's uh, just pulled tight like leather. So this man who's suffering from dropsy was dropped right before our Lord. And when Jesus lays eyes on him, he has a question. Is it lawful to heal on the Sabbath or not? Crickets. No answer. All eyes are on him. Will he mess up? Because you see, Jesus can't win here, or so it seems. If he ignores the man, why, he doesn't care about people. But if he heals him, it's the Sabbath gotcha, Jesus. So Jesus just dives right in, takes hold of the man, healed him, and let him go. People of the world invite us to eat bread with them, so to speak. And sometimes they do so not out of love, but out of spite. They too look for opportunities to trap us and bring us down. They look to prove our hope for eternal life and forgiveness of sins to be a farce. This does not mean, though, that we walk away from the world and retreat to some sort of new monastic kind of life. No, we walk in love against the world. Jesus sees this opportunity to draw closer to him, to them. He accepted their invitation to eat bread with them. He sought to draw the Pharisees and experts in the law closer to him. Sometimes he had to do it with harsh words. Sometimes it took a parable. Sometimes it took a miracle. And he leaves everything in their lap so that they can deal with what he has just done. Because they knew what he said and what he did was true because they saw it with their own eyes. The shoe can also go on the other foot. A couple of weeks ago, Vicar and I were up in Manitowoc at a rural and small town ministry convocation. And we heard the story of a professing Christian who had befriended a woman who was a teacher at a local college, and this teacher had declared herself to be a lesbian, 
and also declared it herself to be an atheist. And yet the Christian man invites the atheist lesbian woman into her home to eat bread. They didn't eat bread, they ate pizza. And he did this about once a week. After over 200 times gathering in the home, somewhere along the way, and it wasn't week two or week three, the man began to engage the woman in a conversation about our Lord Jesus Christ and the forgiveness of sins and everlasting life. And it was for this woman too. You and I would probably want to get to the conversation about week three. We don't want to beat around the bush with this. Not this guy. Many, many weeks, many, many months, they met together over pizza to talk about life, to get to know one another, to build a relationship with one another. And after something like four years of doing this, the woman ultimately discovered that the relationship she was in was not the way that our Lord has relationships work, male and female. And so she ended the relationship and also converted to Christianity. But it took a while. And it took a man a long time to show the woman, I'm not a jerk. I love you. I care for you. I want to know you. And the Holy Spirit, working through the word that he told her, did what it does. We seize every opportunity to engage the world with the truth of Holy Scripture. We have a message, and that message is Jesus Christ died for you. Whoever you are, wherever you are, whatever you are. His all-atoning death and his life-giving resurrection is for you. Well-known Christians have written things like, you can't have conversations with people who are outside of Christ. You can't have it this way. They will never listen to you. The pizza conversations say otherwise. It does not say, let's just mind our own business and take care of our own and leave the world alone. Jesus, you see, deals with sinners by dwelling with sinners. He does not exclusively talk only to his disciples. He eats with tax collectors instead of shooing them away. He has compassion on harlots and even Samaritans. As our Lord Christ put himself in the midst of sinners, so we are also beloved in the midst of sinful people, people just like you and me, people who are within and without the Christian faith. How do we deal with these people? We deal with them in love not hate. We show concern both in what we say and what we do instead of turning our backs against those people out there. Always, always, we show forth the love of God in Christ Jesus. And who knows, in so doing, they may join us in the great feast of the gospel.
We are also, beloved, fearless over against the enemies of the truth. Christians lately, though, have looked more like fear-mongerers than fearless disciples of Jesus Christ. We look intimidated. And we also look intimidating. And it seems as if there cannot be any middle ground when it comes to hot-button topics. The big problem is the fact that we don't realize that we have exactly two ears and one mouth. We live as if we have a million mouths and no ears. And we're going to win the battle of words. We're going to out loud the other. We must show that we are right and you are wrong. And the shoe is often on the other foot, too. And St. Peter has some words to deal with this. How do you deal with your neighbor in this way? In your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. And that's where we're usually like, all right, I got my sword girded, I got my armor buckled on, I'm ready to fight for the Lord. And we forget about what comes next. Yet do it with gentleness and respect. Gentleness and respect. You win few people over, beloved, with venom. You win a willing ear with gentleness and respect. You also win the respect of others not merely by speaking the truth, but by living the truth. It's what Jesus does when he heals this man on the Sabbath. He lives the truth. The Sabbath is not about literally standing rock still, constantly telling yourself, I'm not going to work today, I'm not going to work today, I'm not going to drive the car today, I'm not going to answer the phone today, I'm not going to answer any email today, I'm not going to surf the internet today, I'm not going to make any phone calls today, I'm just going to sit here, stand here, do nothing, say nothing. That's not the Sabbath. The Sabbath is resting in Jesus, not for the sake of resting. But to set apart that time to hear the word of God and to hold fast to it. When you open the Bible, when you pray, when you sing a hymn, when you sing a psalm or a hymn or a spiritual song, that's Sabbath. So every day is hallowed in our Lord Jesus Christ. We also consider our conduct before our neighbor. How's that gentleness and respect working out for you? Or are you, like most Americans, always in search of a fight? That may be why we're so afraid. Why we live as fearful rather than fearless. It's time for pastor's confession. I do some shopping on the Isthmus in Madison from time to time. One of my favorite places is Madison Sourdough on Williamson Street, the heart of what is Madison. I'm scared to death to go there. I love their bread. Oh my goodness. I may be on almost first name basis with some people in there. I'm scared to death to go. Not because of crime, 
but because I'm a Christian. You do realize several blocks down the street is the Freedom From Religion Foundation, one of the most sacred buildings in Madison, Wisconsin. They look for any way, not just to harp on Christians, but all religion. They want it gone from the public square forever. And not just Christians. All of it. True or false. They want it gone. I walk into these stores and it's almost as if I wonder whether or not they can tell that I've got a cross tattooed on my forehead. Are they going to spin on me, slap me, kick me, punch me, laugh at me today? Use words that you shouldn't use around grandma? Because they can surely tell I'm a Christian. And then I remember what St. Peter has to say about gentleness and respect. And I've learned that a smile goes a longer way than a frown. And getting to know someone and walking a mile in their shoes really helps. They usually ask me what you're going to do with all the bread that's going in the freezer. Yeah, that's what everybody says when they buy four loaves at a time. I usually tell them I got a lot of kids too, but the kids won't touch the bread. So even I have to learn what it is to be fearless. Again, fearless does not look like two clenched fists and growling and grinding teeth. Fearless looks like confidence. We sing in the Easter hymn, Jesus is my confidence. Do we believe it? Oh, but pastor, if it was only for the good old days, can we just go back to the good old days when everything was great to be a Christian? There were no good old days, beloved. Yet when it is my place, I must and ought to speak. Then to my words give grace, lest I offend the weak. We are not in it to win it. We're in it to confess Jesus as Lord, to win our neighbor from the devil's clutches into the Lord's merciful arms. How are we going to do this? It's impossible, you may think. I have days myself when I say, not going to happen. Especially in a time when the word love has a meaning for every other human being in the world. You are a Christian. And a Christian looks to Jesus, not merely for behavioral advice. You look to Jesus for strength, for courage, for wisdom. You will have many opportunities to speak about your certain hope in Jesus. The number one comment as a pastor that I receive from you in the pew, when this comes up in a conversation is, I'm afraid to say the wrong thing. I'd rather that you just come with me everywhere I go with all my non-Christian friends. And when this comes up in conversation, I can go, Pastor? Take a note from Vicar. Before he preaches, he prays the words of Samuel. Speak, O Lord, for your servant hears. 
That's a great prayer. Pray with the psalmist, O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. Start your day with that every day and watch what happens after you pray it a whole lot. What better way to start the day than scripture on your lips? The Holy Spirit working through that word will give you the words to speak. And when you don't know what to say, you're forgiven. When you forget what to say, the blood of Jesus does not forget you. His blood covers all of your faults and all of your concerns and even my fear. Jesus, you see, is the voice of the banquet host who goes back to table 87. You know, the back four rows in church where all the Lutherans sit? He goes to you and he says, friend, move up higher. Not because the pews are cushy. Not because everyone wants to look at the back of your head. It's because he has a better place for you. It's the place with him at the head table. The chair set aside. That's for you. Next to Jesus? Well, certainly that's for Peter or Paul or James or John. or No, for you. Friend, move up higher. You, you see, are honored. Honored in a world that seeks to humiliate. Jesus humbles himself that you might be exalted. Believe it for his sake. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit.